Welcome to the New Missions Podcast, helping you live life on mission. On this episode, I sit down with Charlie and Rachel Detellis. You're going to hear the story on how they began living life on mission long before they met, and now how God is using them in the country of Haiti. Let's enjoy this conversation. I'm thrilled to have Charlie and Rachel Detellis with me today on the New Missions Podcast. Charlie, Rachel, glad you're here. Nice to be here. Good Thank to you, be Timothy. here. They are typically either in the country of Haiti or back home in the U.S. visiting family briefly, but you all have an amazing history together as a couple that have served in missions, and I thought it would be a great opportunity for us to hear a little bit of your story, but back up a little bit to when and where the two of you met. Tell us when that was. I started going to Haiti at the age of 19 as a missionary. I next accomplished my... um, associate's degree at a community college and I was facing some indecision about what what my major would be for my bachelor's. I really knew God was leading me towards Bible college. I was visiting a couple of different schools and I visited a school in, in South Carolina, Columbia Bible College, and that's where I met my wife, Rachel Gillette. Someone asked me recently how we met and I said, well, I know we had a few classes together uh, in college, but I was also working on the campus at that time, and I remember Charlie had an evening class, and I definitely remember seeing him pass me in the hall, and <laughs> so we met at Bible College. And what were your majors at Bible College? We both had Bible majors, but I think just for me, general ministries. Now, a backstory for both of you, your parents were missionaries, Rachel, and obviously for Charlie, our mom and dad co-founded New Missions, but Rachel, tell us a little bit about your backstory in missions. My parents were missionaries in India. I was born there, and I grew up there till I was 16. I attended a boarding school for missionaries' children in India. Um, I grew up seeing my parents in the villages and teaching, and that didn't automatically translate to a desire to be a missionary, but um, I got to a point in my life after doing a couple other things briefly that I knew that God wanted me to go into missions, and I had no idea where. For me, the Caribbean really didn't exist at that time. My focus was more um, on India and that part of Asia. When I met Charlie and we got engaged, my destiny was already determined. (laughs) It was a done deal. I was going to Haiti. I need to have Charlie share with us that proposal because it did change the course of your life. Definitely. When you said Yes, I do. Charlie, how did that proposal happen? Tell us a story about you going to South Carolina to make the big ask. Let me go back a couple of steps. You know, I was probably shy as far as meeting women at school. Our first semester at college, um, both my wife and I were transfer students. We already had two years of college completed. There was a meeting going on for missionary kids. So I went to that meeting Uh, My wife would say, I'm not a true missionary kid, I'm more of a pastor's kid. But I went to the missionary kids gathering, and I met Rachel, and she just impressed upon me a quality. Wonderful. What a great place to meet. It was a good place to meet, and good timing. We were both in our mid-20s. I remember the first semester shaking Rachel's hand, and I just knew she was a good girl. There wasn't that fatal loving attraction the first semester, But after a while, maybe saying no to a few other perspectives, I started noticing Rachel more and started pursuing after her. 
And then time came to propose. I want to share that moment of your love story because it's it's somewhat unique. Well, Rachel's parents were going to go back to India. We had graduated from college, and I was back in Massachusetts. Rachel was in Greenville, South Carolina, and for some reason I was going down to visit her, and we were not engaged. And so at the same time, a wedding dress was delivered for Haiti because my mom would help out a lot of Haitian um, couples get married. I had my brother's wife, George's wife, Paula, try on this wedding dress, and it was too tight for Paula. And I told Paula, well, that's good because um, Rachel's more petite. Lo and behold, I packed this wedding dress in a white trash bag. At the same time, I passed through Boston. I have, a, I have a cousin who works in the flower market. And this has never happened before, but when my cousin Peter found out I was going to visit a girl, he gave me 25 bridal roses. And so when I arrived at the airport in Greenville, South Carolina, I, I was the last person coming off the plane and I was carrying this big bouquet of roses. They didn't know it at the time, but I had a head wedding dress hidden <laughs> in my in the bag. I thought he had a lot of luggage <laughs> for the short visit that he was coming for. So Charlie proposed to you with flowers and a wedding dress. <laughs> well, he didn't give me the wedding dress till after he proposed. <laughs> no, he didn't propose right away. And I, I don't I think it was all just spontaneous. It wasn't like a planned proposal. We went for a walk and we were just in a schoolyard in it was night, it was evening and on the playground he proposed to me. So it was a very spontaneous proposal, but I think it kind of fits our personalities. The next day he asked my dad, Well, can I marry your daughter? And my dad said, Well, I'll get back to you. So <laughs> Charlie won't forget that, you know, and he didn't get back to him right away. I actually really appreciate it because I feel like my parents really didn't know Charlie. It was right. their first time meeting him. He came and talked to me and said, how are you feeling about it? And he talked to Charlie about his faith. And, you know, then he said, yes, you can have my daughter. So <laughs> kind of unique that he didn't, you know, just jump on the bandwagon without... Doing a full inspection. That's right. And then shortly after, you were married, and you and the wedding dress went to Haiti. Mm -hmm. How soon was that for you all? We initially spent our first part of the honeymoon at Buford, South Carolina. We drove there that night after being married. And then we visited Block Island in Rhode Island in New England. After two weeks, we were heading to Haiti as missionaries. And how old were you then? I was 28. Rachel was 27. And now here we are. You both are still serving in Haiti. And you had your family in Haiti with you. Um, what has missions done? Obviously, it's been an impact in your life, Rachel, with your mm-hmm. you know, heritage for Charlie and his parents. But what has missions done for you and your children? Because your children grew up in Haiti with you. The first word that comes to my mind is perspective. I think their perspective on life and on people and things is different. And then for both of you on the field, Charlie's been there for quite some time, but you've been on the mission field, quite frankly, your entire life. Mm. You grew up there, and mm-hmm. then you've lived there now as an adult and with children and married. What are you all still excited about? Why still give your life to missions at this stage of the game? Some would say, you've already done enough, <laughs> but you're still passionate. You're still full throttle. What is it about missions that still wakes you up in the morning? I enjoy it. <laughs> I do. I just like the variety. I like 
talking to people. I like evangelism. I like working with our Haitian staff. I enjoy touching lives. I like the freedom of being able to speak about my faith. You know, I like seeing lives change. And Rachel, you've worked up really close with people that come and visit New Missions, but you've also worked up close with a lot of our Haitian staff to empower them to lead the churches and the schools. What have you seen over the years that has really made a change in their life to have the confidence to lead in an area that's difficult? Because there are still hard spiritual strongholds in Haiti. What type of encouragement have you seen in their life? Just putting your confidence in them just allowing them to use their skills and their gifts and not always stepping in. Many of them are very gifted, you know. Right. And they understand the culture, but they also, they've seen a change in their lives in the years they've been a part of the mission, and they want that to go further into other people's lives. Charlie, for you, this is not year one. This is many, many years of missions. What wakes you up in the morning? What is a driving force for you to still be so passionate? When I first went to Haiti, I was 19 years old. I was really a young believer, and I just wanted to serve. I wanted to help build the church in Haiti. I wanted to be the missionary. In the early years, I would do simple tasks, working in construction, and I was really assisting my parents, being a servant to my parents, helping administration. I like to call myself a servant, but I am the Haiti director. Again, I don't want to touch the glory. I want to take the responsibility. You know, I, I like the administration. I like working with our 30 churches. We're still currently rebuilding our compound from the devastating earthquake. There's still areas in Haiti that need outreach. There's still extremely poor, needy children that need our help. Sometimes I would long to be someplace else, but I recognize you cannot be everywhere. I still enjoy being in Haiti. Well, it's beautiful to hear how you two are together in this vision and purpose, but still passionate to go reach places that are hard and difficult. Uh, where we're not yet serving. May God bring the provision and the people to step into those areas. Any final thoughts of encouragement you would share with us for others to live life on mission wherever they are? When we first went to Haiti, we went there, I, I truly believe, to plant the church. We were, we were missionaries. The spiritual work is at the center of all of our ministries. But I think for now, the faith of the Haitian believers has been witness to us as missionaries. Hmm. The Haitian believers have to rely upon their faith on a daily basis to, for survival. I like keeping things simple. I like coming back to basics. And I think even for myself, I'm now 57 years old. I had to be reminded that I need to be faithful to God, be obedient, faithful, and serve Him on a daily basis. That's well said. Rachel, anything for you on living life on mission for anyone else to be encouraged with their faith and where they are? I think just recognizing God's faithfulness to meet every need. Sometimes you have needs that aren't necessarily relating to your work. Maybe there are needs in the States that God is everywhere, you know, and He will care for your children. He will care for everything as we commit our ways to Him. That's good. Well, I'm thrilled that we have this time together because we're not often face-to-face because you're overseas or back in Maine with some of your family and I look forward to being back in Haiti with you sometime soon, but thanks for being transparent and passionate in your calling. I love you both, and thank God for you. Thanks for being with me today. Love you, too. Thank Thank you, you. Timothy. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of the New Missions Podcast. I'm so encouraged by Charlie and Rachel and their steadfast commitment to the calling of missions on their life. May you be encouraged today to live life on mission right where you are. You can make a difference in the lives of those 
near you. For more information on New Missions, simply visit newmissions.org forward slash news. That's newmissions.org forward slash news. Thank you.